Welcome to Nations of the World podcast series, where we explore a different nation of the world in each episode. Our aim is to bring you, the listener, on an audio journey to discover interesting facts that make each country unique. Welcome to Belarus. This is Segment 1, Bare Bones. Location. Belarus is in Eastern Europe, bordered to the east by Russia and to the west by Poland. The people are known as Belarusian. The official name is the Republic of Belarus, formerly known as Belorussia. The capital is Minsk. Land size. It's 207,600 square kilometers, or 80,155 square miles. Population, as of July 2021, 9.4 million people. Official language, Belarusian and Russian. Official religion. The Constitution of Belarus doesn't declare any official religion, but the primary religion in the country is Eastern Orthodox Christianity. Currency, Belarusian ruble. The flag. Two horizontal bands, with red at the top and green below, the red band being twice as wide as the green one. At the hoist is a vertical band showing a traditional Belarusian ornamental pattern, with a white background. The red band recalls past struggles from oppression, the green band represents hope and the many forests of the country. National Symbols The European Bison, Stork, the cornflower, a mounted knight known as Bahonia, or the chaser. Form of government. Presidential republic in name, although actually a dictatorship. This is Segment 2, Heart of the Nation. Geography and Climate. Belarus is a landlocked country in Eastern Europe. It is bordered by Russia to the east and northeast, Ukraine to the south, Poland to the southwest, and Latvia and Lithuania to the northwest. It is slightly smaller than the state of Kansas in the United States. The lowest point is the Niemann River at 295 feet or 90 meters. The highest point is Mount Zyarzhinskaya at 1,135 feet or 345 meters. The terrain is mostly flat lowlands, separated by low, level-topped hills, and uplands, with about 40% of its surface covered by forests. The mostly flat terrain is broken up by the Belarusian Range, mountains that run diagonally across the country. Separated by the ridges lie the wide lowlands, which are mostly poorly drained. The minimal variation in relief makes the Pripyat marshes among the largest wetlands in Europe. There are swamps or marshes in addition to 20,000 streams and rivers and 10,000 lakes. Wide rivers flow into the Baltic and Black Seas, and the largest lake is Narak at 31 square miles. The Mukavets and Pripyat are linked by a ship canal, thereby connecting the Baltic and Black Seas. Belarus experiences hot summers and long, cold winters. Average January temperatures range from the mid-20s Fahrenheit, or about minus 4 degrees Celsius, in the southwest, to the upper teens in Fahrenheit, or about minus 8 degrees Celsius in the northeast. But thaw days are frequent. It often snows heavily from September through early March, and the weather is sometimes very harsh, with strong winds and snowstorms. Maximum temperatures in July are generally in the mid-60s Fahrenheit, about 18 degrees Celsius. Rainfall is moderate, though higher than most of the vast Russian plain of Eastern Europe, and ranges from about 21 inches, or 530 millimeters, on the lowlands, to some 28 inches, or 700 millimeters, on the higher morainic ridges. Maximum rainfall occurs from June to August, and spring is the driest season. Natural hazards. Flooding is the highest concern in Belarus, 
followed by the potential of earthquakes, water scarcity, and extreme heat. Environment The accident at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Ukraine in April 1986 resulted in a number of immediate and long-term consequences for the environment of Belarus, where most of the fallout occurred. In the early 21st century, about one-fifth of Belarus's land was still radioactively contaminated. In addition to the land damage, the medical and psychological costs of the accident included an increase in birth defects and cancer, particularly of the thyroid, and a declining birth rate, at least partly in response to fears of those defects. Environmental activists also have expressed concerns about poor air quality and pollution in Minsk and other major cities. Another concern is soil pollution from pesticide use. It is party to many environmental agreements. Some include air pollution, Antarctic environmental protection, biodiversity, climate change, comprehensive nuclear test ban, desertification, endangered species, nuclear test ban, ozone layer protection, and wetlands. It is recycling about 16% of its municipal solid waste. Vegetation The landscape of Belarus is very green, with natural vegetation covering 93% of the land. There are 28 types of trees and 70 types of bushes, and nearly half of its territory is made up of forests. It's no wonder that it's often referred to as the lungs of Europe. The natural vegetation is a mixed deciduous and coniferous forest. In the north, pine and spruce dominate, Southward, the oak and the hornbeam increase. Birch is common everywhere. Primeval lowland oak woods can only be found in Pripyatsky National Park, which is in Belarus. Wildlife There is a huge variety of wildlife, including elk, deer, wild boar, wolves, beavers, and around 300 species of birds. There are five national parks in Belarus, designed to protect rare species of plants and animals. People Ethnic Belarusians make up about four-fifths of the country's population. Russians, many of whom migrated to the Belarusian SSR from the 1960s to the 80s, form the second-largest ethnic group, accounting for roughly one-tenth of the population. Most of the remainder are Poles and Ukrainians, with much smaller numbers of Jews, Latvians, Lithuanians, and Tatars, a Muslim Turkic people. Before World War II, Jews constituted the second largest group in the Republic and more than half the urban population. The genocide of European Jewry and post-war emigration nearly eliminated Jews from the Republic. While Belarusians share a distinct ethnic identity and language, they never previously enjoyed unity and political sovereignty except during a brief period in 1918. The territory that is now Belarus underwent partition and changed hands repeatedly. As a result, much of the history of Belarus is inseparable from that of its neighbors. Russian and Belarusian are spoken equally in Belarus. These languages are very similar, and they also share many similarities with Ukrainian and Polish. People from the country are known for being good-humored, friendly, and kind. Religion Christianity is the dominant faith. About three-quarters of Belarusians identify as Orthodox, with an additional 12% practicing Roman Catholicism. The Christian community in Belarus is currently very diverse and includes several communities of Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah's Witnesses, Evangelists, Calvinists, and Lutherans, as well as Roman Catholics, Orthodox practitioners, and Uniates, a member of an Eastern Church that is in union with the Roman Catholic Church and acknowledges the Roman Pope as supreme in matters of faith, but maintains its own liturgy, discipline, and rite. There are now about 44,000 Muslims, including people from the former Soviet republics, and about 1,500 Arab students in Belarus. The country has five mosques. Most of the Jews fled the region before World War II, were exterminated during that war, 
or emigrated after it ended. At the end of the 18th century, about 7% of Belarus's population was Jewish. At the beginning of the 20th century, there were 704 synagogues. In 1995, only 15 of them remained. The number of Jews in Belarus can be estimated from the current number of members of the Union of Religious Jewish Congregations of the Republic of Belarus. This organization had at least 20,000 members in 2000 and has 12 regional offices. It effectively represents virtually the entire observant community and the Jewish community at large. It supplies humanitarian and medical aid and is affiliated with World Jewish Relief in the United Kingdom and Benai Brith in the States. The main synagogue of Minsk has daily morning and evening services. History The Belarusian region has a long history of human settlement. Archaeology has provided evidence of Old Stone Age and New Stone Age cultures. The area was one of the earliest to be inhabited by the Slavs, who settled there in the 5th century CE. These early Slav tribes formed principalities, which all came under the general rule of Kievan Rus, the first East Slavic state, beginning in the 9th century. The capital of the Kievan Rus was the city of Kiev, which is today known as Novgorod. The regional economy was based on agriculture, honey collecting, and fur hunting. Trade developed along the rivers, the main one being the Dnieper, which was part of the water road from Constantinople to the Baltic Sea. Trading settlements multiplied, and many of the towns in present-day Belarus had been founded by the end of the 12th century. Brest was first recorded in 1019, and Minsk in 1067. The overthrow of Kiev by the Mongol invasion of 1240 brought about the dissolution of Kievan Rus. Many Belarusian towns were laid waste and became dependencies of the Golden Horde, the western portion of the Mongol Empire. Over the next 150 years, the Grand Duchy of Lithuania expanded, absorbing much of the Belarusian population. Under Lithuanian rule, however, the conquered regions retained a large degree of autonomy. During this epoch of Lithuanian domination, the Belarusian language and nationality began to take shape. A marriage union in 1386 between the ruling houses of Lithuania and Poland united these two. Between the Polish-Lithuanian realm and the rising power of the Grand Principality of Moscow, there developed an incessant and bitter struggle for land and influence. In 1569, Poland and Lithuania united into a single federated state. In 1596, in an attempt to unify the Orthodox and Roman Catholic churches, the Union of Brest-Litovsk Agreement was adopted. This new Eastern Rite Church made some limited headway among Belarusians. Meanwhile, the rule of the Polish landowners was often heavy and unpopular, and many Belarusians, especially those opposed to joining the Eastern Rite Church, fled to the steppe lands that were home to the Cossacks. Large-scale Cossack-led revolts occurred in 1648-54, but the Belarusian lands remained under Poland until the second half of the 18th century. Between 1772 and 1795, three separate partitions, each containing one of three sections of present-day Belarus, were incorporated into the Russian Empire. Under Russian rule, the area was divided administratively into the governorships, or provinces. Until the formation of the Belarusian Soviet Socialist Republic in 1919, Belarusian history was largely tied to the course of events in the Russian Empire and the revolutionary Russia. In the 19th century, small-scale industries, largely based on local supplies, began to grow in Belarusian towns. Among them were timber working, glass making, and along the rivers boat building. Following the emancipation of the serfs in the 1860s, the tempo of industrialization increased somewhat, particularly with the introduction of railways beginning in the 1880s. 
Nevertheless, the generally poor economic conditions resulted in considerable emigration, especially from rural areas. In the 50 years before the Russian Revolution of 1917, nearly 1.5 million people left the provinces within which present-day Belarus is located. Most of the emigrants went either to the United States or Siberia, with more than 600,000 moving to the latter between 1896 and 1915. During World War I, heavy fighting between German troops and those of the Russian Empire took place in the province, with considerable destruction. Russia signed the Treaty of Brest-Litovsk with Germany and its allies on March 3, 1918. Under the terms of this short-lived treaty, Russia gave up part of present-day Belarus, along with Ukrainian and Baltic lands, to Germany. With Germany's subsequent defeat by Russia's Western allies, the terms of Brest-Litovsk were abolished. In 1918, while most of the region was occupied by the German army, an independent Belarusian Democratic Republic was declared. With the withdrawal of German troops after the war, however, the Bolsheviks announced the formation of the Belarusian Soviet Socialist Republic on January 1, 1919. The Republic's territorial integrity was quickly breached. Beginning in April that year, troops of newly reconstituted Poland advanced eastward to the Bayer-Rezina River, only to be thrown back again in 1920. Hostilities between Russia and Poland ended with the Treaty of Riga, signed March 18, 1921, which divided the area of Belarus between Poland and Soviet Russia along the lines of the first partition of Poland. The Belarusian SSR was one of four founding republics of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, established on December 30, 1922. The Belarusian SSR grew to the east in 1924, when Soviet authorities transferred the regions of Polotsk, Vitebsk, Orsha, and Mogilyov, which had large Belarusian populations, from the Russia-Soviet Federated Socialist Republic to the Belarusian SSR, Gomel and Rechitsa followed in 1926. Beginning under the regime of Joseph Stalin, nationalism was discouraged in the Soviet Union and the Belarusian SSR, like the other constituent republics, was closely controlled. National culture was suppressed, the Belarusian language was banned in schools, and Belarusian documents were banned. Following the German attack on Poland in 1939 and the signing of the Molotov-Ribbentrop non-aggression pact between Stalin's Soviet Union and Adolf Hitler's Germany, which divided Eastern Europe into German and Soviet spheres of influence, the USSR attacked Poland from the east. Soviet troops occupied the area up to the Bug River and including the Bialystok region, home to a substantial Belarusian population. Western Belarusian territory that had been surrendered to Poland in the Treaty of Riga was reinstated as part of the Belarusian SSR. The German invasion of the Soviet Union in 1941 overran the Belarusian SSR, although the garrison of the Brest Fortress made a prolonged and courageous stand. During the German retreat in 1944, there was heavy fighting in many areas of the Republic, with major battles near Vitebsk, Borisov, and Minsk. German occupation and retreat produced widespread devastation and loss of life. The death toll has been estimated at about one-fourth of the population of Soviet Belarus, with hundreds of thousands of Jewish people in Belarus being exterminated by the Nazis. At the end of the war, a treaty between the USSR and Poland returned western Belarus to Soviet hands. The Polish population was forcibly deported en masse to Poland. With the establishment of the United Nations in 1945, the Belarusian SSR was given a seat in the General Assembly in its own right, despite its status as a constituent republic of the USSR. The first post-war five-year plan was devoted to the reconstruction of war damage, an aim that it largely achieved. Thereafter, further industrialization took place, 
within increasingly rapid growth of the major towns. The population of Minsk reached a million by the early 1970s. Many small towns and the population of a number of rural areas correspondingly declined. The accident at the Chernobyl nuclear power station in Ukraine in 1986 contaminated about one-fifth of neighboring Belarus with long-lived radioactive materials. The contamination necessitated the evacuation of several areas in Belarus, some of which have not been repopulated more than 20 years after the accident. Moreover, the accident led to an increased incidence of cancer among Belarusians, particularly thyroid cancer in children. The expenditure of government funds required to address the accident's environmental and health consequences continued into the 21st century. Following Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev's initiation of more moderate policies in the mid-1980s, the Belarusian SSR acted somewhat less vigorously than other Soviet republics to break away from the Soviet Union, although there was a steady growth in national separatist feeling. Amid the crisis of central authority in the USSR in the early 1990s, the Belarusian SSR declared sovereignty on July 27 of 1990 and independence on August 25 of 1991. With the collapse of Communist Party rule and the dissolution of the Soviet Union in the wake of the failed coup against Gorbachev, the Belarusian SSR changed its name to the Republic of Belarus and joined the Commonwealth of Independent States, a free association of sovereign states that were formerly part of the Soviet Union. Legislative elections in Belarus in 1990 had resulted in a communist-dominated Supreme Soviet that delayed the implementation of a market economy and vacillated for some three years before adopting a new constitution in March 1994. That document created the Office of President, to which the pro-Russian Alexander Lukashenko was elected in July 1994 and transferred the functions of the Prime Minister to the President. Legislative elections followed in 1995, but owing to the strictures of the Belarusian electoral system, to be seated, candidates had to capture 50% of the vote of a turnout of 50% of eligible voters. Four rounds of voting were required before a quorum was reached in December 1995. Even then, more than 60 seats remained vacant. Many members of the legislature were independents. Indeed, the largest voting bloc was not a political party per se, but a group that supported Lukashenko, who increasingly sought to dominate the Supreme Soviet. In a referendum in November of 1996, the legitimacy of which was widely disputed. Lukashenko won approval for a constitutional change that granted him near-absolute power and extended his five-year term. The parliamentary opposition sought to impeach Lukashenko and to eliminate the office of president, but the opposition's efforts were countered by Lukashenko's signing of the revised constitution, which closed the Supreme Soviet and created a new legislative body, from which the opposition was excluded with greatly reduced powers. In contrast to much of Central and Eastern Europe at the time, Lukashenko set Belarus on a course of isolation from the West, maintaining the economics of market socialism. Support for the government's efforts to establish close ties with Russia was widespread, but not without opposition. In 1997-99, through Belarus entered the Union State, a political and economic union with Russia that had initially been negotiated with the Russian president, Boris Yeltsin, but was recast by his successor, Vladimir Putin, who lessened the burden his country had initially agreed to bear in the partnership. Although disputes arose between the two countries over the union's impact on issues such as defense and natural resources, they agreed on the goal of a common currency, an idea first broached in the early 1990s. With Belarus firmly hitched to Russia's fortunes, its economy responded accordingly. For example, stumbling in 1998 as a result of Russia's financial collapse. Though Russia had long been Belarus's main trading partner, 
The volume of their trade expanded in the early 21st century as Belarus experienced modest industrial growth. Many international observers were critical of the Belarusian government and of the essentially authoritarian role Lukashenko adopted beginning in 1996. Relations with the European Union were particularly strained. Widely considered the most repressive regime in Europe, Belarus staged undemocratic elections, suppressed political opposition, and silenced the press. Leaders of the political opposition often agitated from exile, while anti-government figures who arose within Belarus were occasionally beaten, jailed, or disappeared, which is seized by the authorities and never heard from again. In 2001, presidential elections were not recognized as free and fair by Western observers. And in October 2004, Lukashenko sponsored another successful referendum that allowed the president to serve for more than two terms. In 2006, the United Democratic Forces, a group of opposition parties and non-governmental associations, backed pro-democracy candidate Alexander Milinkovic in the presidential race. But Lukashenko was re-elected with nearly 83% of the vote, according to the official count. Denouncing the results, opposition groups within Belarus as well as international observers accused the president of wielding his exceptional powers during the campaign to manipulate the media and intimidate his opponents. Indeed, it was reported that some members of the opposition campaign teams had been detained and beaten. Protesters camped out in a public square in Minsk for several days following the election, but this and other demonstrations were broken up by the police. Another opposition presidential candidate, Alexander Kazulin, was arrested at one such demonstration and imprisoned. In the September 2008 parliamentary elections, the government reported a high voter turnout, with about three-fourths of eligible voters participating, but the opposition delegates did not win any seats. International monitors declared that the election could not be considered free and fair, and protests again were staged in the center of Minsk. Meanwhile, beginning in 2002, Belarus's relations with Russia had deteriorated, partly over the desire of Gazprom, the Russian state-owned natural gas company, to raise the price of gas exported to Belarus to world levels. Another source of discord was Russia's military conflict with Georgia in 2008, as Lukashenko failed to follow Russia's lead in recognizing the independence of the breakaway Georgian republics of Abkhazia and South Ossetia. Nevertheless, Belarus remained in the Russian orbit through its membership in Russian-backed regional organizations, including the Collective Security Treaty Organization and the Eurasian Economic Community, as well as, to a lesser extent, the Union States and the CIS. Lukashenko improved relations with the EU in 2008 when he agreed to the release of several political prisoners, including Kazulin, and appeared to adopt a more tolerant attitude toward the non-governmental media. He also supported economic reforms, including the privatization of some state companies and the encouragement of foreign investment. The EU subsequently suspended a restriction that since 2006 had banned the president and most of his entourage from entering the EU. In 2009, Belarus joined the EU's Eastern Partnership Program, which promotes ties between the EU and a number of countries in Eastern Europe and the Caucasus region. However, by early 2010, the Belarusian government's continuation of various repressive policies had renewed concerns in some EU capitals. Lukashenko easily won another term as president in elections held in 2010, but again there were protests by opposition supporters in Minsk on the fairness of the voting, as well as objections by EU and United States observers. As in 2006, large numbers of demonstrators were arrested or detained by authorities, as were most of the opposition candidates for president. In 2011, Belarus suffered a severe economic crisis attributed to Lukashenko's government's centralized control of the economy. Inflation reached 108.7%, 
and a currency black market was created, recovery was difficult. Around the same time, the 2011 Minsk metro bombing occurred in which 15 people were killed and 204 were injured. Two suspects who were arrested within two days confessed to being the perpetrators and were executed by shooting in 2012. The official version of events as publicized by the Belarusian government was questioned in the unprecedented wording of the UN Security Council statement condemning the apparent terrorist attack, intimating the possibility that the Belarusian government itself was behind the bombing. The economic crisis did little to weaken Lukashenko's regime, and opposition parties boycotted parliamentary elections held in September 2012. The elections, which Western observers characterize as unfair and lacking transparency, saw politicians allied with Lukashenko returned to every one of the parliament's 110 seats. In 2014, Lukashenko tried to broker a deal that would bring the Russian-backed military campaign in eastern Ukraine to an end. The so-called Minsk agreements between Russian President Vladimir Putin and Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko did not lead to a cessation in the fighting, but Lukashenko's emergence as a would-be regional peacemaker led some to believe that his autocratic tendencies might be on the wane. The release of political prisoners ahead of the 2015 presidential election seemed to reinforce this conclusion, but that contest was, once again, marred by irregularities. In 2020, Lukashenko's dismissive response to the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic fueled what was perhaps the most serious threat to his rule thus far, and Belarus saw its largest street demonstration since the collapse of the Soviet Union. Thousands were arrested and scores were injured in confrontations with police ahead of an August 2020 presidential election that was characterized by widespread vote rigging. Opposition leaders were imprisoned or forced into exile, while Lukashenko was quietly sworn in for a sixth presidential term. Lukashenko drew almost universal condemnation in May 2021 when he dispatched a Belarusian fighter jet to intercept a commercial airliner, Ryanair Flight FR-4978, and force it to land in Minsk. Once the plane arrived in the Belarusian capital, Lukashenko's security forces boarded it and arrested opposition journalist Roman Protasevich. Western leaders stated that the action was nothing less than air piracy, but Lukashenko dismissed the accusations and claimed, without providing evidence, that Belarus was the target of a Western hybrid warfare campaign. Current Political and Humanitarian Issues Elections and Protests Issue Mass protests erupted across the country following the disputed 2020 Belarusian presidential election, in which Lukashenko sought a sixth term in office. Neighboring countries Poland and Lithuania do not recognize Lukashenko as the legitimate president of Belarus, and the Lithuanian government has allotted a residence for main opposition candidate Svetlana Sikanuskaya, and other members of the Belarusian opposition in Vilnius. Neither is Lukashenko recognized as the legitimate president of Belarus by the European Union, Canada, the United Kingdom, nor the United States. The European Union, Canada, the United Kingdom, and the United States have all imposed sanctions against Belarus because of the rigged election and political oppression during the ongoing protests in the country. Belarus scored 31 out of 100 at Freedom House and is listed as not free. Belarus is a consolidated authoritarian state ruled by Alexander Lukashenko, in which elections are openly orchestrated and civil liberties are tightly restricted. The country's overall human rights situation has declined precipitously as the government repressed nationwide protests. A worsening economic outlook, poor handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, and numerous incendiary comments by President Alexander Lukashenko, amongst other issues, saw his popularity drop dramatically. 
President Alexander Lukashenko dismissed COVID-19 as a psychosis, blamed the first confirmed casualties on their own lifestyle, recommended tractor-driving vodka and visits to the sauna as remedies and refused to impose major restrictions. In the run-up to the presidential election on August 9th, he made misogynistic pronouncements in statements broadcast on prime-time television, while arbitrary arrests, politically motivated prosecutions, and other reprisals escalated against opposition candidates and their supporters, political and civil society activists, and independent media. An opposition coalition around presidential candidate Svetlana Tsikhanouskaya led women to the forefront of a burgeoning protest movement, which spread across the country and society. The right to freedom of expression was severely curtailed in an attempt to curb all opposition and dissent, including through the targeting of individuals and media outlets, legislative changes, administrative pressure, and the use of technical means such as internet blackouts. On August 9, 2020, Election Day, the Belarusian government initiated a nationwide shutdown of the internet that lasted for 61 hours. Internet shutdowns continued to take place afterward, particularly during the mass pro-democracy protests that took place on Sundays. The government monitored the social media activity of activists and journalists, as well as their conversations and messaging applications. Authorities took additional action to limit access to information during the election period and ensuing protests, including by blocking political and civil society websites, forcing content critical of the government to be removed, and labeling certain telegram channels as extremist. The media remained under tight government control. Independent journalists and media organizations were harassed and prevented from carrying out their legitimate work. The government arrested hundreds of journalists, media workers, bloggers, and ordinary users during and following the August 2020 elections and accompanied protests. This amounted to the arrest of more than 30,500 Belarusian citizens and the launching of some 3,000 criminal cases against them. Many of those in detention faced physical violence and torture. By the end of 2020, virtually all the country's critical bloggers were either in prison or had fled the country. Women with dissenting views faced gendered reprisals and were targeted via their perceived vulnerabilities, including through threats of sexual violence or of their young children being placed in state care. President Alexander Lukashenko claimed a landslide victory, although the result was strongly disputed by Svetlana Tsikhanouskaya and regarded as fraudulent by numerous independent election monitors. The OSCE, or Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, which was prevented from observing the elections, noted credible reports of widespread irregularities and serious administrative misconduct. Protests against the conduct of the election and the results quickly engulfed Belarus and were overwhelmingly peaceful despite a brutal crackdown by the authorities. Individuals regarded as protest opinion leaders were swiftly arrested or forcibly exiled. Relations with much of the international community deteriorated drastically, and targeted sanctions were introduced against scores of Belarusian officials implicated in electoral and human rights violations. Russia expressed its support for the Belarusian authorities providing financial assistance. May 2021, amendments to the media law placed even more stringent restrictions on the free flow of information including by banning live, on-the-scene reporting from newsworthy events, expanding the number of state officials and bodies that can block access to online material, and establishing broader grounds for the rejection or revocation of journalists' accreditation. Since then, the country's online information landscape became more diverse, as new sources and content distribution channels emerged. Citizens increased their use of messengers, particularly Telegram and social media, especially YouTube, to expand the scope and reach of the country's online information landscape. The Vyasna Human Rights Center 
a Belarusian civil society group, recognized 629 political prisoners in the country as of mid-August of 2021. The Belarusian authorities admitted receiving some 900 complaints of abuse by police in connection with the protests, but by the end of the year not a single criminal investigation had been opened, nor had any law enforcement officer been charged with respective violations. The Ryanair Flight Diversion On May 23rd of 2021, President Lukashenko ordered a Ryanair flight traveling from Greece to Lithuania diverted to Minsk, where authorities arrested Raman Pratesevich, a known opposition activist and a co-founder and editor-in-chief of Nexta, Belarus's most popular telegram channel. He later appeared in a video in which he confessed to organizing anti-government protests. His supporters said the marks on his face visible in the video indicated that he had been beaten. The Border Crisis The 2021 Belarus-European Union border crisis is a migrant crisis, consisting of an influx of several tens of thousands of illegal immigrants, mainly from Iraq and Africa, to Lithuania, Latvia, and Poland, via those countries' borders with Belarus. The crisis was triggered by the severe deterioration in Belarus-European Union relations. Following the 2020 Belarusian presidential election, the 2020-2021 Belarusian protests, and the Ryan Air Flight 4978 incident and its sanctions, and the attempted forced repatriation of Kristina Tsimanouskaya. The crisis began in early summer of 2021, when Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko threatened to introduce human traffickers drug smugglers, and armed migrants to Europe. Later, Belarusian authorities and state-controlled tourist enterprises, together with some airlines operating in the Middle East, started promoting tours to Belarus by increasing the number of connections from the Middle East and giving those who bought them Belarusian visas, ostensibly for hunting purposes. Social media groups were additionally offering fraudulent advice on the rules of crossing the border to the prospective migrants, most of whom were trying to reach Germany. Those who arrived in Belarus were then given instructions about how and where to trespass the EU border and what to tell the border guards on the other side and were often guided by the guards up until the border. Migrants stated that Belarus provided them with wire cutters and axes, to cut through border fences and enter the EU. However, those who did not manage to cross the border were often forced to stay there by Belarusian authorities, who were accused of assaulting some migrants who failed to get across. Belarusian authorities later confirmed that the involvement of the border troops is absolutely possible. Belarus refused to allow Polish humanitarian aid for the migrants, which would have included tents and sleeping bags. Poland, Lithuania, and Latvia have described the crisis as hybrid warfare, calling the crisis an incident of human trafficking of migrants waged by Belarus against the EU and requested intervention from the EU. The three governments declared a state of emergency and announced their decisions to build border walls on their borders with Belarus, with Poland approving an estimated 353 million euros in spending to build a 60-kilometer or 37-mile barrier. The EU sent additional support officers and patrol cars to Lithuania, and 12 EU governments stated their support for a physical barrier along the border. Human rights organizations voiced concerns over the usage of asylum seeker pushbacks by Lithuanian and Polish border guards the denial of the possibility to lodge an asylum claim, as well as inadequate food, water, and shelter for the migrants, the latter of which was a subject of the European Court of Human Rights, or ECHR, order. Polish officials have additionally been criticized for not allowing journalists, doctors, and NGOs to the border. Trafficking in Persons Human traffickers exploit domestic and foreign victims and exploit Belarusians abroad. The majority of trafficking victims are men subjected to forced labor. Most Belarusian victims are trafficked in Belarus and Russia, but also in Poland, Turkey, and other Eurasian and Middle Eastern countries. 
the government continued to subject factory workers, civil servants, and students to state-sponsored forced labor, harvesting crops on state-owned farms, or cleaning streets. It has a tier rating of 3. Belarus does not fully meet the minimum standards for the elimination of trafficking because of a government policy or pattern of government-sponsored forced labor in public works projects and the agricultural sector. However, authorities convicted traffickers under its trafficking statute for the first time in eight years, increased training for law enforcement officers, and confirmed significantly more victims. The government adopted a national action plan to protect minors from sexual violence and exploitation. Grains ban. On the 26th of August, 2021, the government of the Republic of Belarus introduced a temporary ban on exports of wheat and meslin, rye, barley, oats, maize, buckwheat, millet, tritical, which is a hybrid of wheat and rye, rapeseed, and other cereals. The ban applies to exports towards all countries, including countries of the Eurasian Economic Union, or EAEU, and is valid for six months. The ban does not apply to humanitarian aid provided by the government of Belarus, goods in transit via Belarus but subjected to the customs procedures of another EAEU member state, and international transshipments that start and end outside the EAEU. Other Humanitarian and Political Issues Belarus remained the sole country in Europe and the former Soviet Union to impose death sentences. At least four men were on death row at the end of the year, and at least three death sentences were handed down, two of which were to brothers aged 19 and 21. No executions were reported. There is very little protection of property rights and a high level of corruption in Belarus. There is a dispute over the boundary demarcation with Latvia and Lithuania. As a member state that forms part of the EU's external border, Poland has implemented strict Schengen border rules to restrict illegal immigration and trade along its border with Belarus. There is a limited cultivation of opium, poppy, and cannabis, mostly for the domestic market. Belarus is a transshipment point for illicit drugs to and via Russia and to the Baltics and Western Europe. It has a small and lightly regulated financial center. Anti-money laundering legislation does not meet international standards and was weakened further when know-your-customer requirements were curtailed in 2008. There are few investigations or prosecutions of money laundering activities. The number of stateless persons is 6,296. Government A new constitution that characterized the republic as a democratic social state and guaranteed a broad range of rights and freedoms entered into force in Belarus in March 1994. It was based on the separation of legislative, executive, and judicial powers. The Executive Branch The President is the Chief of State, overseeing all areas of government, and makes appointments to both legislative and judiciary branches. The Prime Minister is the head of the government and appoints cabinet members. The President is elected by absolute majority vote through a two-round system. The Prime Minister is appointed by the President. The presidential term is five years. Under the 1994 Constitution, the President could serve for only two terms as President. But a change in the Constitution in 2004 eliminated term limits. In 1996, Lukashenko called for a controversial vote whose legitimacy was questioned by many Belarusians and by much of the international community to extend the presidential term from five to seven years. And as a result, the election that was supposed to occur in 1999 was pushed back to 2001. It also gave him the right to rule by decree. The amended constitution also greatly diminished the powers of a reconstituted parliament, the bicameral National Assembly. Pro-Lukashenko candidates predominated in subsequent legislative elections, which were deemed irregular or undemocratic by international observers. The National Assembly is a bicameral parliament comprising the 110-member House of Representatives, the lower house, and the 64-member Council of the Republic, 
the upper house. The judicial branch. The judicial system comprises the Supreme Court and its lower courts, the Supreme Economic Court and its lower courts, and the Constitutional Court, which has final ruling on the Republic's basic law. The Supreme Court is appointed by the President with consent of the Council of the Republic to serve for five years and evaluated for life appointment. The Constitutional Court is made up of 12 judges who serve 11-year terms. Half the judges are appointed by the President and half are elected by the Council of the Republic. Legislative Branch The Council of the Republic has 56 members who are elected by regional governing councils and eight members are appointed by the President. The Chamber of Representatives has 110 members who are elected by absolute majority vote in single-member constituencies. There are more than a dozen registered political parties, but since Lukashenko's election in 1994, political success has depended more on loyalty to the President than on party affiliation. In 2006, several political parties had joined together to endorse a single candidate to run against Lukashenko, but were unsuccessful. This process was repeated in 2008. The country is administratively divided into seven regions. Universal suffrage is at 18 years of age. There are 45,500 active personnel in the military. Military branches include the Army, which is 51% of the personnel, and the Air Force at 27%. The remaining 22% is divided among the Air Defense Force, Interior Ministry troops, and Border Guards. As a landlocked country, Belarus does not have a navy. The Belarusian army evolved from the Soviet armed forces stationed in Belarusian territory. On January 1st of 1993, members of these forces were obligated to take an oath of loyalty to the Republic of Belarus. For Belarusians aged 18 to 27, military service is compulsory. The minimum length of service is 12 months for those with education beyond the secondary level and 18 months for those without higher education. Internal security forces such as the KGB and OMON actively monitor the activities of political opposition groups, foreigners, and the business community. Belarus contributes forces to CSTO's Rapid Reaction Force. The CSTO, Collective Security Treaty Organization, is a Russia-led military alliance of seven former Soviet states that was created in 2002. The CSTO's purpose is to ensure the collective defense of any member that faces external aggression. It has been described by political scientists as the Eurasian counterpart of NATO, which has 29 member states, while the CSTO has just six. The organization supports arms sales and manufacturing as well as military training and exercises, making the CSTO the most important multilateral defense organization in the former Soviet Union. Current CSTO members are Armenia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, the Russian Federation, and Tajikistan. Afghanistan and Serbia hold observer status in the CSTO. The Belorussian SSR was one of the two Soviet republics that joined the United Nations along with the Ukrainian SSR as one of the original 51 members in 1945. Belarus and Russia have been close trading partners and diplomatic allies since the breakup of the Soviet Union. Belarus is dependent on Russia for imports of raw materials and for its export market. Since independence, Belarus has retained close ties to its most dominant neighbor, Russia. The legacy of Belarus's Soviet past also continued to manifest itself, both in the persistent prominence of communist political parties and in the country's authoritarian style of government. The Union of Russia and Belarus, a supranational confederation, was established in a 1996-99 series of treaties that called for monetary union, equal rights, single citizenship, and a common foreign and defense policy. In 1999, the two countries signed the Union State Foundation Treaty, which aimed to create a politically integrated confederation with a common currency. 
the future of the union has been placed in doubt because of Belarus's repeated delays of monetary union, the lack of a referendum date for the draft constitution, and a dispute over the petroleum trade. Belarus was a founding member of the Commonwealth of Independent States, or CIS. Belarus has trade agreements with several European Union member states, including neighboring Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland, despite other member states' travel ban on Lukashenko and top officials. Travel bans imposed by the European Union have been lifted in the past in order to allow Lukashenko to attend diplomatic meetings and also to engage his government and opposition groups in dialogue. Bilateral relations with the United States are strained. The United States has not had an ambassador in Minsk since 2007, and Belarus never had an ambassador in Washington since 2008. Diplomatic relations remained tense, and in 2004, the United States passed the Belarus Democracy Act, which authorized funding for anti-government Belarusian NGOs and prohibited loans to the Belarusian government except for humanitarian purposes. Sino-Belarusian relations have improved, strengthened by the visit of President Lukashenko to China in October 2005. Belarus also has strong ties with Syria, considered a key partner in the Middle East. In addition to the CIS, Belarus is a member of the Eurasian Economic Union, previously the Eurasian Economic Community. The Collective Security Treaty Organization, the International Non-Aligned Movement since 1998, and the Organization on Security and Cooperation in Europe, or OSCE. As an OSCE member state, Belarus's international commitments are subject to monitoring under the mandate of the U.S. Helsinki Commission. Belarus is included in the European Union's European Neighborhood Policy, which aims at bringing the EU and its neighbors closer in economic and geopolitical terms. Still, Belarus has shown no aspirations for joining the European Union, but maintains a bilateral relationship with the bloc, and likewise participates in two EU projects, the Eastern Partnership and the Baku Initiative. Citizenship Belarus doesn't grant citizenship by birth. At least one parent must be a citizen of Belarus to gain citizenship by descent. Dual citizenship is not recognized. Naturalization can be achieved after seven years of residence. Economy Devastation during World War II nearly wiped out agriculture and industry in the Belarusian SSR, and the intensive post-war drive to restore the economy resulted in a large industrial sector that depended on the other Soviet republics, particularly Russia, for energy and raw materials. The dissolution of the Soviet Union not only dramatically increased the cost of those raw materials, but also reduced the traditional market for Belarusian manufactured goods. As a result, production decreased in Belarus during the early 1990s. In the early 21st century, Russia remained a major trading partner, although relations between the two countries had become tense due to result of disputes over the price of imported gas and oil. Meanwhile, Belarus experienced substantial increases in its gross domestic product, as well as growing trade with the European Union. There are 31 different banks in Belarus, 30 are owned by the government, and one is privately owned. Mining and manufacturing remain major components of the Belarusian economy and together account for more than one-fourth of GDP, with the processing of minerals and hydrocarbons playing an important role. There is a large facility for producing potash fertilizers. There are oil refineries in the Polatsk area and the Mazir in the south. Both are served by branches of a major pipeline originating in western Siberia but the facilities at Mazir also process local oil from Rechitsa. There is a large petrochemical plant. Nitrogenous fertilizers are made using natural gas piped from Dashava in Ukraine. Heavy industry is well-developed in Belarus. Heavy-duty vehicles are produced, particularly trucks, tractors, and earth movers. Other engineering products include machine tools, such as metal cutting equipment, 
precision manufacturing was developed during the 1970s and 80s, notably of such consumer goods as radios, television sets, watches, bicycles, motorcycles, refrigerators, and computers. Other industries are small-scale, and products are mostly for local consumption. These have included timber processing, furniture making, match and paper making, textile and clothing manufacture, and food processing. The service sector accounts for about two-fifths of GDP and employs the largest portion of the labor force. In the early 21st century, the banking, communications, and real estate industries experienced some of the highest rates of growth. Although the tourism industry is less developed in Belarus than in neighboring countries, the revenue derived from tourist activities increased dramatically in the early 21st century. The agricultural sector in Belarus, which employs about one-tenth of the labor force but constitutes a diminishing proportion of GDP, is dominated by large collective and state farms. Agriculture includes potatoes, sugar beets, flax, and grain. A large percentage of grains are used for animal feed for production of meats such as cattle, poultry, and pigs, and milk. Land use is agricultural at 43.7%, forest at 42.7%, and other at 13.6%. Much of the country's small fish yield results from aquaculture. Natural resources include small amounts of oil and gas, as well as forests, sand, gravel, and clay. Belarus has one of the world's largest reserves of potash, or potassium salts, which was discovered south of Minsk in 1949 and exploited from the 1960s around the new mining town and fertilizer manufacturing center of Salihorsk. Potash exports remained high into the early 21st century. The country also is a world leader in the production of peat, which is especially abundant in the Pripyat marshes. In briquette form, it is used as fuel. Among the other minerals recovered are salt, an important deposit of which, Nermazir, was opened in the 1980s, building materials, chiefly limestone, and Nehrodna, quartz sands, for glassmaking, both used locally, and small deposits of gold and diamonds. A large majority of the Belarusian labor force is employed in either services or mining and manufacturing. Belarus has one of the highest percentages of women in the workforce of any country, and women occupy key roles in the education, health care, communications, manufacturing, and agricultural sectors. Most employees in Belarus are members of a trade union. There are dozens of trade unions, and most are subordinated to the Federation of Trade Unions of Belarus, the body that oversees the unions. The labor force consists of 66.8% in the services sector, 23.4% in the industry sector, and 9.7% in agriculture. The unemployment rate is 4.6%. One economic struggle for Belarus is its poor relationship with many European powers and the United States. Because of this relationship, many countries don't want to invest in or trade with Belarus. The country's economy depends heavily on Russia. Russia accounts for some 48% of Belarus's external trade, while Belarus accounts for around 6% of Russia's trade. In 2011, Russia loaned $3 billion to Belarus, and it also provides the country with discounted gas. Belarus's economic freedom score is 61, making its economy the 95th freest in the 2021 index. Its overall score has decreased by seven-tenths of a point, primarily because of a decline in judicial effectiveness. Belarus is ranked 43rd among 45 countries in the European region, and its overall score is below the regional and world averages. Perhaps reflecting on the country's ongoing political problems, Belarus's economic freedom fell back from last year's high and barely maintained its position in the moderately free category. In addition to weaknesses in the judicial system, relatively low scores on the property rights and government integrity indicators illustrate the need for the government to take additional steps to strengthen the rule of law. Impact of COVID-19 
As of December 1, 2020, 1,166 deaths have been attributed to the pandemic in Belarus, and the economy was forecast to contract by 3% for the year. Exports Exports amounted to $29 billion in U.S. dollars from 2020. Major exported goods included refined petroleum, fertilizers, cheese, delivery trucks, and crude petroleum. Major export partners include Russia, Ukraine, Poland, Lithuania, and Germany. Imports Imports amounted to $32 billion in U.S. dollars for 2020. Major imported goods include crude petroleum, natural gas, cars and vehicle parts, packaged medicines, and broadcasting equipment. Major import partners include Russia, China, Germany, Ukraine, and Poland. Poverty rate. About 5% of the population is below the poverty line. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on Belarus in my Nations of the World podcast series. This was only part one, where all the deeper and more technical information was covered. Please be sure to subscribe to Nations of the World podcast series so you won't miss part two of Belarus where we will learn more about the people and culture of the country, including topics such as family and households, etiquette, education, health care, foods, places to visit in Belarus, and some very unique and interesting facts. I look forward to sharing this with you and hope you will join me again for Belarus Part 2. I'm excited to share that in under seven months, I have thousands of listeners from all over the world in 78 different countries. If you are enjoying the series, please consider leaving a review for Nations of the World podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also help to support my work by making a small contribution on Patreon. You can find me there at patreon.com slash nations of the world. With your review on Apple Podcasts, I will give you a shout out in my next episode. If you contribute on Patreon at the first level, You will get a shout-out in my next episode, and you will have the chance to submit a question you'd like to have answered in one of my upcoming podcasts. This can be a question about how I plan or produce my show, or it can be a question to be answered in one of my upcoming episodes about a particular country. If you contribute on Patreon at the second level, you'll receive the shout-out and question submittal, along with free access to all the episodes electronically in ebook format. These ebooks range in size from about 10,000 to 25,000 words each. You can also just purchase a single ebook in the series on Amazon in the Kindle ebook section for just 99 cents. You can find them by searching for the country name followed by Nations of the World. Thank you again for listening to my podcasts. Without your interest in the show, I would have no reason to continue producing more episodes. I have many exciting ideas on how to expand the show, which I can't wait to get to in the future. I also look forward to hearing from and interacting with my listeners to get some input, advice, and ideas on how to improve the show. Gaining knowledge about other people and their culture is often the best way to understanding who they are and why they do things a certain way. This in turn can make us less fearful of differences and hopefully more accepting. Let's face it, we're all human and we all share the same world.